Dave Maxey here with the Home Music Studio One.com podcast. And today we're going to continue our discussion talking about lead vocals, backing vocals, and how to create separation between the two. Hello, hello again. Uh, Thanks again for joining me in this episode. And uh, you're officially listening now to episode number 10 of the podcast. Finally made it to uh, the big one zero. And so um, I'm just uh, having a great time. I want to give a shout out right off the bat to kind of a new leader in downloads. And that is uh, recognizing kind of the region area of the U.S., Uh, My friends over in California had a lot of downloads actually in just the past day from that area. And so thanks a lot, guys, for all your support. And uh, still looking kind of at the um, the stats here of uh, who's interacting with me and those kinds of things. And we've got a lot of different places, a lot of different countries uh, from the UK um, on into actually this time from Japan and the Philippines and New Zealand, Singapore, Thailand, all those areas. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm thankful that uh, even the many non-English speaking, or at least English not being your primary language con- countries, are are checking this out. Uh, you know, I'm just very humbled to think that uh, you know you guys are are just all over the world. And so, hey, welcome to the show today. And um, if you are interested and you, and you just want to continue on in your journey of of what we're all about, and that's this to uh, to help you. Learn how to create professional quality uh, podcasts, professional quality audio projects, professional quality recordings, whatever you're working on, but to be able to do those professional quality on any size budget. And so uh, if you'd like a little boost in that, head on over to the blog, homemusicstudio1.com and uh, consider maybe signing up for the newsletter. I put weekly information out just for those of you that are on that newsletter. And uh, I've got a free ebook I'd love to get into your hands regarding one question I get asked a lot, and that is about audio compression. Dynamic range compression would be the uh, the appropriate term there. And so if you head on over to homemusicstudio1.com slash free gift. I'd love to send you a link uh, to that free ebook just for signing up to the newsletter. And that newsletter keeps you informed about the things that are going on and gives you some very specific information only to those that are signed up. And, and I welcome anyone to to join me and uh, just hop up on that list. Will not cost you a dime. It's just something I want to do to give back to you as well and to continue to helping you on your journey for better recordings. And so um, here we are today. We have been in a discussion talking about uh, lead vocals versus backing vocals and how to create great separation between the two while still giving them their their great spot or their nice sweet spot within our mixes. And uh, we've actually been responding to a question that was posted to us by Cole. Uh, thanks a lot, Cole, again, for your feedback. And uh, I've mentioned before, this is not the the only time I've, I've asked uh, been asked this question. Really, it does come up a lot, especially throughout the years, is uh, in, in my mix is how, how can I create uh, with panning, with EQ, with all the different options and the tools that we have in our arsenal, how can I make my backing vocals support the lead without overtaking the lead? And so uh, yesterday we focused on, uh, not yesterday, I guess it would have been uh, for you, it would have been Thursday, this podcast is going to be released on Saturday. 
we uh, we looked at a mix that I had built and we focused a little more on uh, what I believe is the first and primary thing in order to fix the issue of vocal separation between your lead and your backing. And that is you first have to address the lead vocal. You've got to get everything tuned in for your lead vocal and make sure that it is it is right in that sweet spot, right in the center of the panning, depending on uh, your style of music and, and what it is that you're, you're setting your, your mix up to be. Most of the time it's going to be right in the center of that mix and that all, all of the EQ, all the compression, all of the kind of the things and the techniques that we talked about in our previous episode, those need to be addressed first. And then the bottom line is when you get the lead right where it needs to be, everything is so much easier to get the backing vocals right in that sweet spot to surround and support that. And so if you haven't checked out the, the previous episode, episode number nine, uh, this is a, that's actually part one of what you're listening to now, which is part two, uh, episode number 10 of, uh, of uh, vocals, uh, the lead and, uh, and vocal separation. So you may want to pause this and listen to that and then come back. But here we are. I've got my mix in front of me, looking at a session of a Sonar X2 producer, and uh, I have created a mix just to kind of demonstrate, and, and this is just a rock mix, uh, to demonstrate how I, in this particular style of genre, would uh, would do some things to create that separation. Again, we started with the lead in our previous episode, and I want to listen to a portion of this now and uh, begin to break down what is happening with the backing vocals in this mix, and by way of kind of update, um, in this mix, I've got a lead vocal, and on the lead vocal line, I've also got a doubled vocal line, which is an identical part to the lead, but uh, it's kind of colored much darker uh, EQ. I've really got the mid-range boosted and um, kind of got a more of a gritty sound to it. I'm using some uh, tube emulation to get a little bit of that grit into the overdub, and then those two sounds are blended together to make my one strong lead, and then right underneath them, also in the center field of the stereo mix in that mono panned area, um, I've got an octave lower of the lead part, and that just comes in in a few spots here and there throughout the rest of the mix, and uh, that is something that is uh, just underneath that lead to kind of support. Those three things are making up my lead section, and then all the things we talked about in the tweaks that I've done uh, in the previous podcast episode. And so I want to let you hear a portion of this. Uh, this is just a couple bars before uh, the backing vocals come in. And uh, in addition to what I have that I just described for the lead, I've got two backing vocal lines. One is a, is kind of a tenor harmony. One is an alto harmony and a, kind of a mixture of a tenor alto line, uh, one higher than the other. On the right side of the mix is going to be the higher part and the left side is going to be the lower mix. And these are all me, by the way, doing uh, the vocal line in here. So uh, it is what it is. But let me let you hear this and uh, and we'll begin to break it apart. Here we go. Rescued me, yeah. More than life, more than joy, more than the very air that I breathe, more than hope, more than peace. You are my everything, cause you are my. Everything. 
Okay, there you go. There's kind of a breakdown of just that general spot in there. So what uh, what's going on with the backing in this particular section? Uh, I want to give you several things, and uh, I'm going to go a little bit quick because there's really a lot of information. I said this over and over that um, the end result of of your mixes is not just one magic bullet. There's just a lot of a lot of little things that uh, that happen along the way that make it up. And so I want to give you several of those regarding the backing vocals. And the first thing I want to say is this, this is just one way of creating the result that you've just heard. Now, maybe that's not what you're looking for. Maybe you've got some other styles of music that you're working in and in, in some different creativity. That is completely okay. It doesn't bother me a bit. This isn't a matter of right and wrong. This is just, I want to explain how I'm getting what you're hearing. And uh, hopefully that'll give you maybe a springboard to jump into with your own projects. You might be using a total different style of music or, or producing a different style of music, or maybe you are similar, but you've just got some different uh, ideas of what the end result you'd like to see. That's completely okay. But what is going on in this mix? Uh, the first thing, some of these are just kind of general ideas that, that I'm doing that, that I do think apply. First of all, I don't usually EQ my backing vocals uh, the same that I would the lead vocal. And uh, just to kind of get a picture of exactly um, maybe kind of the different of the color here, I'm going to go ahead and uh, mute the music section of this and let you hear the same thing without the guitars, without the piano and the synth that's in there. And uh, this will be bass and drums and then the vocals. And then we'll take a little closer look at the vocals here. Here we go. Okay, so you can kind of get a little idea there. You can definitely hear I've got some vocal delay going on, some reverb going on, definitely using some panning, and then uh, EQ, which I want to get back to here. How I tend to look at my backing vocals is I tend to make them a little more hollow compared to the lead. Now, I've got to, you know, I talked about in the previous podcast episode what I do to the lead, but with that lead nice and strong in there, uh, and, and, and I'm really trying to make sure that my backing vocals are not trying to compete EQ-wise against the lead. And um, one little trick that if you find yourself kind of tweaking your EQs, and I, I talked a little bit about some areas to do that in the previous episode, but if you find yourself kind of a little not sure if you're there or not, one little trick that may help you uh, is to listen to those portions of your mixes in mono and do a little bit of EQ while you're in mono and see if right off the bat you can kind of take a little bit of the bottom and maybe a little more of that mid out of the backing vocals as opposed to the lead vocal and see if just by EQ alone, if you can begin to get some separation. Sometimes listening to that in mono kind of takes out the whole stereo uh, field away from you, which can kind of sometimes be a little deceiving with whether they've got a good separation or not. And uh, so that's a little trick in there. But with my my backing vocals, I tend to have them um, not nearly anywhere as warm, uh, usually a lot less bottom and in a lot less mid-range. Uh, I have just enough highs in there so that there's still some clarity to there. I'm not trying to create mud out of them, but really kind of that hollow sound to them so that, again, they're a piece of the project. So they're not trying to stand on their own like the lead could in certain spots. They're trying to support what is happening. And I want to leave room for all of them to blend together. And so if you really start getting a lot of mid-range in there and you really start boosting an EQ in your, your backing vocals, just like the lead, 
lead really quickly you are going to overtake that lead and you're just going to have mud and so that's what the the first thing i've got going on there um and to give you an idea of what that looks like let me go ahead and uh, and solo out uh, just the backing vocal line here, and uh, and then we'll we'll break down the two different parts. Here we go. This is just the backing right here. Okay, so in the color of both of those parts, you can hear, of course, the high because it's in the higher register tends to have a little more of a, a, a kind of a higher sound to it. And so what I've tried to do is match those a little bit. I've also added a little tube saturation to them as well. I've got a plug in on here that allows me to do that. So there's a little bit of grit that you're hearing uh, and it, and it kind of just gives it a little bit more. Uh, just more uniqueness to it as far as what I'm hearing. And so a uh, first thing when it comes to EQ is I, I, I the color on them is a lot more hollow as opposed to uh, the main uh, lead there. And with that essentially means a little less lows and a little less mids. And usually not a lot of tweaking on the, the highs, but more pulling out the mids until I get that nice kind of um, just hollow uh, you know, sound to it where it's still distinguishable, but it's not overtaking. It's not competing with the lead. Now, the other thing I'm doing is, is of course, I'm using compression. And uh, I've got compression in a couple different spots, but the real important thing that I do with my leads in compression is I send all of my, uh, excuse me, my backing vocals, I send all of my backing vocals uh, to um, to a stereo bus, and then I compress that bus to kind of tighten them all together. Now, how much compression? Uh, you're going to have to play with that on your own. Again, there's really, it's it's less about numbers and more about ear. Uh, a good place to get started, somewhere around four uh, to one. And um yeah, as far as the ratio, uh, start with maybe a little faster attack and a little slower release to kind of hold them together a little longer and uh, adjust your threshold till you don't have a whole lot of uh, of, uh, of variance between the two. Look at your meters, uh, listen to exactly what's going on and just kind of get a little bit tighter feel by, by compressing uh, all of whatever leads you have. Maybe you have one, two, three, whatever you have sorry, backing vocals, whatever you have on your backing Vox, um, put them all into one stereo bus and then do a little compression on that bus. And a lot of times that helps tighten them up a little bit as well with each other, but it also helps tighten them so that they're not so out of control as what, uh, you know, to begin to cover up the lead. Uh, a couple other things here that um, that I do. You'll notice in this track here, I'll play just a little piece of, of the back end. Listen to where the effects lie within this mix. A little more of the backing here, just the backing line. Okay, uh, definitely a lot of delay going on there and also a good amount of um, just a good old-fashioned hall reverb, but... I'm very particular in this in this particular project. What I was after is keeping all the effects of the backing vocal out of the center, and so I've got them pushed hard left and hard right. And um, the delays are timed. This song is at 120 beats per minute, and so those are, I believe, quarter note on the delay, and uh, they're they're also set for 120 beats per minute. And so whatever option you have on your delay. Um, I've got those in there where the the delay on effects wise is within the mix when you can just begin to hear it on the outside. That's about right, and it seems like a lot right now. 
uh, but when you play it within the mix, it's right exactly what I'm what I'm trying to get. But the key here is in this particular thing, what I'm after is I'm trying to to keep my effects to the outsides when it comes to my backing vocals. So uh, if you put a stereo uh, reverb or a stereo delay on that backing vocal, uh, listen to exactly where that is landing. And in this case, I'm using an aux send. Uh, that allows me to then pan where that uh, effect is going. And so uh, I've got a stereo bus that I've inserted my delay on by itself. And then I've got another stereo bus that I've inserted um, the reverb, both of those for the backing vocals. And so when they're being sent to that stereo delay, uh, the aux send for the tracks, uh, I've got the two uh, backing tracks, each one, the, the first one I've got panned for the delay and the reverb off to the left. The second one, I've got it panned off to the right to keep that out of the center. And then the two together, uh, I'm getting a, a good uh, mix with there. So that's how we treat e uh, effects. And uh, now let me talk just a little bit about panning. I mentioned uh, it's it's helpful. It can be helpful to adjust your EQs uh, when when uh, your leads and your backing are in mono. That That's a good place to start. But you'll notice on this mix... Um, I've got them panned just to the outsides of where that lead vocal sits. Um, not fully, uh, just just a little bit about one, probably two o'clock, one, probably 10 o'clock and uh, out to the left and out to the right. Now, um, there's no hard, fast rule on that. You may have reasons to go all the way out, hard left, all the way hard right, or anywhere in between. Um there's a huge argument about about mono, and and uh, there definitely are, are three key components of any mix: the center point, <clears throat> the center point of that mix, the left and the right. In this case, uh, I'm I'm kind of treating the backing vocals as something that I want to stand out from the rest of the mix, but I don't want them to cover up the lead. So I've got them panned just to the outside left and right of where I've got my lead vocals sitting, and so I don't have them panned all the way deep back left and right where I've got my music, and it works. For this particular setup, and almost everyone that has a, a setup out there is going to be listening to this with both of their ears and not one. And uh, I'll, I'll ride the soapbox just for a minute. Um, I, I Mono has its place. There's certainly the little trick I showed you definitely has its place. But when you're listening to a mix, you have two ears. And um, unless that mix is equally coming in both of your ears at the same time, it will not appear mono to you. Now, it may appear to be a stereo mix that is off-balanced, than uh, the original mixer intended. If you were sitting right in the center of that mix, certainly you would hear uh, the exact stereo panning field that that whoever mixed the project desired for you to. But uh, you're not listening to it in full in, in mono. Mono is just one. If you had one ear coming out of one speaker, uh, yeah, maybe mono, I'd, I'd give you that. But hey, totally my opinion. Uh, I, I'm off that soapbox now. Don't send me any emails on that one because uh, that's an unwinnable battle. And uh, there's all sorts of opinions about there. But back to uh, back to where we're at. When it comes to panning, I keep my my uh, lead vocal dead center. I keep my uh, my backing vocals just to the outside and the left of in the right of that. In this case, and you may have need to go even further out, further left, right. That's completely okay. Experiment with what works good in your mix. Um, okay, another key thing that is very important to think about when it comes to backing vocals that I do is. Um, Listen closely to where the breathings are and uh, as well as the, the sibilances and the consonants like the THs together, the Ss, uh, the F sound. When those are enunciated in your backing vocals, 
Another area that can really allow your backing vocals to quickly overtake your lead is if they're all, uh, number one, they should all be doing those things at the same time, breathing at the same time of the lead, uh, enunciating at the same time of the lead. However, if you've got strong breathing as well as strong sibilances that uh, even though they're happening at the same time, if they're strong, then uh, they will quickly cover up the lead spot as well. And so what I've done to this track is I've literally, uh, I've gone through each part of this track and uh, both the, the lead uh, backing vocal one and backing vocal two. Uh, in fact, let me solo out the first one for you so you can hear a little portion of it. Um, and by the way, I'm not too impressed with my my singing here when it's by itself. Sounds good in the mix, but this is the backing vocal, the first one. And let me let you hear just a portion of it, and I'll point out what I'm what I'm referring to. Okay, more than life with the F there. Initially, that was pretty strong. Uh, if that were lead line, it would be just fine. Same on the breathing in between there. So what I did is I literally went in and I drew out by highlighting those spots where the sibilances, the Fs, the THs together, the Ss, uh, where they were really strong. And I, I, I uh, selected those areas alone as well as the breathing spots where there's strong breathing, even though it's at the same point as what the lead vocal is. And I knocked them all down um, right about 10 dB. And I just use my gain tool and I, I just knock those little areas down because what you don't want, they'll start to add up in your mix, okay? If you got, especially if you got two lead spots breathing in the same spot and using the same enunciation, I'm a fan of still keeping the sibilances in there on the backing vocals, but making them very light. I'm not a huge fan of that kind of lisping sound. If I would have just totally cut them out in the backing vocals, that's just my personal preference. So rather than have them strong, I cut them way, way down. And that is a huge help for not competing with the clarity of that lead. That allows the lead breathing line and the lead consonants, the lead enunciation of all the words, as well as the S's and all the sibilances, it allows the lead to be the clear spot in all those areas. Uh, That's something that very much helps me when it comes to uh, the backing vocals and and really kind of creating that separation there. Um, From there... Uh, those are all kind of the ticks, the tricks and the tools of the trade. I want to let you hear, uh, as far as this particular track is concerned, I want to let you hear just the backing and the lead vocals all together, give you just a little more demo, and then uh, it's playtime for you with some of the things I've talked about, and, and you can experiment and see what works well and uh, and go from there. So I'm going to play right now. Um, here's the lead and the backing vocal together, and then I want to let you hear just the backing vocal line, kind of hear what kind of layers we have going on. Here we go. More than life, more than joy, more than the very air that I breathe, more than hope, more than peace. You are my everything, cause you are my everything. Okay, now same spot with everything in the mix, just so you can get a reference of what it all, how that all fits in together. More than life, more than joy, more than the very air that I breathe, more than hope, more than peace. You are my everything. 
There you go. Hopefully that's been helpful to you guys. Uh, and hopefully just being able to listen to the track kind of gives you a little bit of a reference to play with on your own. Again, experiment with these things. These are by far not the only way to create that separation, but maybe it's something that'll help you. Some of these things are, are have been very helpful to me over the years. And at the end of the day, uh, if your project is is uh, sounding, if, if you're getting what you have uh, desire to get and you're reaching your goals, then uh, regardless of how you got there, it's far less about the numbers and more about the end result. And so this will hopefully give you maybe a good starting place and uh, and you can go from there. If you've got any questions, please bump them my way. You can send an email to dave at homemusicstudio1.com and uh, that's the number one or uh, the word one, however you want to do it. Both of them will get to me. And if you haven't already signed up for the newsletter, you might want to consider doing that. I'd love to be able to keep contact with you. And uh, if you find this podcast helpful, that's one way to continue uh, to just keep up with what's going on. You can do that by heading over to homemusicstudio1.com slash free gift and uh, I'll send that free ebook out to you. And then lastly, uh, I love to hear your thoughts on both these last episodes as well as maybe any other questions that you have. If you if you really uh, are, are kind of connecting and, and appreciating this podcast, why not leave a one or two sentence review in iTunes so other people can find it as well? And just let me know. I'd love to hear from you and, uh, and just kind of continue to interact and help me to be able to help you develop a professional quality audio projects on any size budget. With that, Thanks again for joining me with this episode. This is Dave Maxey with Home Music Studio One. <laughs>